Uh, this morning, I want us to recall in our minds uh, in this time together who Jesus is and what has he done for us. And really, as we, we think about that, I, I realize that we all have different thoughts that come into our mind when we think about God. Actually, A.W. Tozer put it this way. He says, what comes into a man's mind when he thinks about God is the most important thing about him. And, and, I, and I would be interested, actually, if we had time this morning to go around and for everybody to share um, how, when you think about God, what do you think about? When you think about Jesus, what is it you think about? When you think about his word, what is it that you think about? Because for all of us, we, we, we recall different things. And that's what's so beautiful about uh, the Lord. It's, it's that in the context of a family that, we, that we, 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 we learn something about him together. And, um, you know, it's like that quote that C.S. Lewis talked about in losing one of his friends. And, and now that his friend is gone, there's a part of him that another one of his friends just can't really bring out. And, and I think about that in the context of a church family, because as we gather as the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ, we all come uh, to a time at the Lord's table remembering something different in some ways about who God is and what he has done for us. We don't have the time this morning uh, to even consider a, 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 a glimpse of it. But today, I want in our mind's eye to go to three things about Jesus I want us to, to see a portrait of Jesus that is threefold. One, that is of a baby. Secondly, that is of a savior. And thirdly, is a, one of a king. And so this morning, um, as we think about Christ coming as a baby, uh, the Bible tells us in the book of John that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. I love how Eugene Peterson translated it in the Message Bible. He says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Or as Lewis Smead says, he packed his toothbrush and his sleeping bag with him and he came to stay. See, we remember the portrait of Christ as a baby. We remember that he was a baby born in a manger. And in that, it's recalling some things to mind. It's, it's recalling that Christ is this baby in a manger because of prophecies centuries beforehand that spoke of a coming Messiah. In, in the book of Isaiah, we read of this prophecy that for unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And that, that, that we, we, we discover in our Bibles that as the story unfolds, we come in the narrative to where the angel Gabriel speaks to Joseph. As we looked at last week, and he said, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you will call his name Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. And all of this, the Bible says, took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. That means, the Bible says, God with us. And so this morning, as we're gathering together as part of the body of Christ, as God's family, and as we gather around this time, we do so to remember his incarnation. We remember that Christ came, that he took on flesh, that we, 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 we pause to remember his life and his ministry. The, the Bible tells us that in this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. 
And so through Christ's death on the cross, through Christ's resurrection from the grave, through Christ's ascension to the Father, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? I'll give you one more chance to amen there. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, the Bible says, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are, in fact, children of God. You know that God doesn't have any grandchildren. He just has sons and daughters. That's good news. Uh, Because grandparents love loving on the kids in a moment. And then, okay. (laughs) How many of you are grandparents and you love that, right? But God's not a grandparent. God's a father with sons and daughters. And he is the perfect father. He is the perfect example of love. There's, there's, there's no exhausting God's patience. The Bible says he is long-suffering. He is full of grace and mercy. He is faithful, the Bible says, to thousands, to generations, from generation to generation. I, I mean, this past week as we were there and, and having this family reunion, like there was this chart and showing how everybody like goes back and, and we've like traced our lineage to like coming over on the Mayflower. It's like this is this great badge of honor. And then you realize, well, wait a minute, there's like a few million people that probably do that as well, right? Because it's like crazy to think about how like through one couple, like all of these generations come. Like my great-great-grandfather had five children, and then from those five children, it's like 500 of us. That's crazy. But God's faithfulness extends from generation to generation, from generation to generation. And he's faithful. He's good. The psalmist says, enter into his courts with thanksgiving and and with praise. Why? Psalm 100, notice. And enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. And so as we, this morning in just a moment, as we're gonna gather around the table, we're, we're reminding ourselves afresh and anew of what Christ has accomplished for us. And it provides us, I think this moment around the table provides each one of us as followers of Christ a moment to just pause and to simply just relax into the grace of God. You know, there are so many things in our life that, that, that fill our life with so much anxiety. And I think this time around the table really causes us to pause and to remember who God is. And as we remember that he, this portrait of Christ as a baby, there's a couple things we remember about Jesus. We remember that he is Emmanuel, he is God with us, but that he is the eternal God and he is ahead of us. You know, there's something about just when, when our lives get filled with so much anxiety, the, the, the biggest thing that we often forget is an awareness of God's presence in our life. And it's having that awareness of the presence of God in our life that we begin uh, to to just relax into the grace of God. Listen to what Jesus said to his followers. Jesus said to his followers one day, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. 
In my Father's house are many rooms. See, Jesus said, if it wasn't so, I wouldn't have told you about it, right? He says, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way that I'm going. And and, and remember, Jesus said that to his disciples, and one of the disciples just like spoke up. Thomas said, Lord, Lord, we don't know the way. How can we know the way? And he just sets Jesus up to answer Jesus said, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And for some of you this morning, as we've entered into this time of the holidays, this this time of the year, just for a lot of people, seems to generate so much anxiety in our life. You know? There's so many things that maybe you've come into the room this morning with and you're quite fearful of. You're certainly anxious about. Maybe it's a relationship. And, and what we do this morning as we come and gather around the table is we, we pause to remember the Lord. Like we just pause to remember Him. Right there on the front of the communion table, notice what it's written right there, in remembrance of me. So we pause this morning to remember Christ. We remember what? We remember that He is our help and our salvation. We remember that that he is with us in this moment and God is with us in whatever we're about to step into. I mean, I was really challenged this week by something and, and, and they challenged me in a way to think about the presence of God in our life in such a real and concrete way. I want you right now just to take a second and I want you to envision in your mind what do you think about when you think about Jesus? Like right now, whatever that image of Christ is to you, I want you to picture that. And then I want you to picture about God being with us and God being ahead of us. And that that in every moment of our life that that he is right there, that he is right there, he's present in everything. The Bible tells us that he is Emmanuel, he is God with us. There's no moment of our life where, where his presence is not in. The psalmist says, Lord, if I go to the skies or to heaven or down to hell, your presence is there, Right? There, there is no place that we can go to escape from the presence of God, but the problem is for many of us, we forget to be aware of his presence in our life. We, we forget to, to center our thoughts on who he is, and, and I just want you to think this morning, whatever's causing you so much anxiety as we're entering into this Christmas season, maybe for you, the thought that's been dominating your mind these last number of weeks is just gathering around the Christmas tree this year with one less family member present. Maybe for you, it's walking into a doctor's visit in the next few weeks, and you're very anxious about it. Could be a counseling appointment that you know you've set up, and you don't want to go, and, or you, you feel like you're working through a situation in your family, and you're dealing with relationships, and it's just so complex. And maybe you're, you're entering into this time of the year where you know you're going to see people, and you, the relationship isn't what you want it to be, and it's not how it ought to be, and yet there's something in there that just seems unresolved. And I just want you just for a second to to do what I was challenged with this week, and that is to envision Christ right there present in the moment. And he's not walking into the mess with you, but he's right there ahead of you. What would it be like when you walk into the doctor's office here in a few weeks, and the image that you have in mind is before you ever open up the door, Jesus is right there in the room. 
What would it be like before you enter into the holiday season with your family and you're just dealing the grief and loss of the year and you realize that right there in the living room, Christ is in the midst? What would it look like for you as you enter into that relationship that feels difficult or unsure, a conversation that you're not looking forward to, and yet you realize that right there in that room, Jesus is already present? Would it not change the way that you and I process the things in our life? You know, a lot of us feel like we go through life, life is so chaotic, and then somehow Jesus steps into the mess. But what if he was already, and what if because he is already right there in it. He is the sovereign king. He is ruling and reigning. And this morning, what would it look like for you just to simply envision that Christ is already ahead of you before you are there? What do we discover about Christ? We discover that he is this baby who is born in a manger. But secondly, what do we discover? We're given this portrait of Christ as a savior. It's what this time here around the table represents that in just a moment as you're going to hold in your hand those two elements of bread and the cup that each of those signify and they remind us what Jesus did and what he accomplished listen to the bible as i read for us in romans chapter 5 i believe the scriptures overhead the first 10 verses of romans 5 notice how the scriptures describe it it tells us something about what Jesus came to do. Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we also have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only in that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for what? Say it louder, for what? That's people like you and me. For no one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more. Now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Think about that. That Christ comes. Why? He comes as a baby. He comes in a manger. There's this portrait of Christ as, as the coming Messiah. But he, why did he come? He came for this purpose, to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus came to seek out the ungodly. Jesus came to die for the ungodly. That our sins, the Bible said, were placed upon him. And that by his stripes we are healed. And so as we think about uh, this morning, what is the portrait we want to consider? We want to think about Christ as Savior. That in a moment here, as we hold these elements in our hand, we remember that he is the Savior of the world. That he came to give me life. And this morning, that's his desire for you. Do you realize this morning, God's desire for you this morning, look right up here, my friend. God's desire is that you know that your sins are forgiven. And God 
would give you his peace to come into your life. And he wants you to have a relationship with him so that you would be now called his son and his daughter. That you have this close, intimate relationship with your heavenly father. And so this morning, here's what we're gonna do. In just a moment, you're gonna come and, and uh, we're gonna invite you to receive communion. And this morning, here's how we do communion here at Catawba. If, if you have come to know the Lord as your savior and you're walking in obedience with him, we invite you this morning to participate and to partake. And if not, we, 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 we would pray that this time right here would be a, a time of soul searching. It would be a time of examination and say, Lord, am I really living the way that you would have me to live? Am I obeying the ways and the things that you would have me to obey? And this morning, if there's a known sin in your life, if there's something that's hindering your relationship with God, here's my encouragement to you, my friend. Don't make light of this moment. But use this moment as a time to repent and to change and to change the way you're thinking about something, to change the way in which you're living and call on the Lord and ask for his forgiveness. So I'm gonna invite Jessica to come and to begin to play and I'd like for you just to bow your head before the Lord and to think about right now what this all signifies, that Christ came into the world to save sinners. And this morning, you would be able to identify with that and you would say, Pastor, I am a sinner who's been saved by God's grace. And this morning, because of his grace, because of what Christ has done for you, you would just, you would, you would just give him all the praise. But maybe there's something in your life today that's hindering your relationship with God. And when you think about the presence of God in your life, it, it doesn't bring comfort to you this morning. It's a great conviction. You know that if Jesus were to talk to you right face to face this morning, there would be things in your life that he would be unpleased with. And if it's those things that you feel shame about, maybe you feel guilt about, well, why don't you run to the one person that can do anything about it? It's not someone else in this congregation. It's not even me as your pastor, but it's Jesus Christ. It's what Jesus Christ has done for you. Why don't you run to him for grace and mercy this morning? Take some moments right there in your seat to meet with God. Think about his presence in your life. Think about him coming as Messiah, but then think about him giving his life as Savior. Father God, we thank you this morning that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you have washed us clean. Thank you that you have taken our sin and buried them in the deepest ocean. Thank you that you say that you choose to remember our sins no more. Thank you, Lord, for your grace that is so abundant. Thank you that for your mercy that reaches down, that empathizes and sympathizes with us in our own condition, and yet, Lord, you did that without sin. And thank you this morning that you triumphantly satisfied the law of God on our behalf. Thank you that you did, Lord, what we could not do. And it is by grace and thanksgiving that we just celebrate this time. We celebrate, Lord, your sacrifice, your saving, your redeeming work in each of our lives. We give you all praise and glory for it. Everyone said? Amen. Amen.